Today's podcast of In Conversation with God on the Relevant Radio app is brought to you by ScepterPublishers.org. Scepter Publishers brings you the finest in Catholic spiritual reading. For more information, go to ScepterPublishers.org. Today's reading from In Conversation with God is for Tuesday of the 34th week in Ordinary Time. The topic is Our Feet of Clay. Part 1. The Statue with the Feet of Clay. One of the readings for today's Mass comes from the book of Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream which filled him with foreboding, yet he seemed unable to remember its content. The prophet Daniel describes the dream and then interprets its meaning. You saw, O king, and behold a great image. This image, mighty before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its breast and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it smote the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Everything came crashing down at once. The gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, and the clay were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. Daniel shows that the dream represents the destruction of one kingdom after another. The chain of destruction was begun by Nebuchadnezzar himself and would be climaxed by the arrival of a kingdom of the God of heaven, which shall never be destroyed. God's kingdom would overcome all other kingdoms and last to the end of time. This image may also be seen to represent every Christian, an intelligence of gold so as to know God, a heart of silver with a great capacity for love, an immense strength based on the practice of the virtues, all of which rests upon feet of clay. The reality of our human nature is that we are essentially weak. We are liable to fall. This realization should lead us to be prudent and humble. The Christian has to be aware of his weakness and trust in the help of the Lord. This should be our constant prayer and explains our practice of mortification and our dependence on spiritual direction. In this way, our very weakness can become our pillar of strength. Surely we have all experienced the truth within this prayer of St. Augustine. Who is the man who will reflect on his weakness, and yet dare to credit his chastity and innocence to his own powers, so that he loves thee the less, as if he had little need for that mercy by which thou forgivest sins to those who turn to thee? It is the experience of our own sinfulness which convinces us of our frailty. Those who seek to follow God taste many temptations and falls. God's grace and our good desires do not eliminate our proneness to sin. Our consciousness of this truth should make a big difference in our life. 
We have to depend on the strength of God rather than on our own unreliable resources. Again, let us learn from St. Augustine's reflections on God's ways. Amid the lower parts he has built for himself out of our clay a lowly dwelling in which he would protect from themselves those ready to become submissive to him and bring them to himself. He heals their injuries and nourishes their love, so that they may not proceed further in self-confidence, but rather become weak. This is the way we Christians must travel. We have to cry out ceaselessly with a strong and humble faith. Lord, put not your trust in me, but I, I put my trust in you. Then, as we hear from St. Jose Maria, as we sense in our hearts the love, the compassion, the tenderness of Christ's gaze upon us, for he never abandons us, we shall come to understand the full meaning of those words of St. Paul, Virtus in infirmitate perficitur. If we have faith in our Lord, in spite of our failings, or rather with our failings, we shall be faithful to our Father God. His divine power will shine forth in us, sustaining us in our weakness. Part 2. The Experience of Personal Weakness The Church teaches that a person who has been baptized still suffers from concupiscence, the fomes peccate inherited from our first parents. The Second Vatican Council has affirmed what revelation makes known to us is confirmed by our own experience. For when man looks into his own heart, he finds that he is drawn towards what is wrong and sunk in many evils, which cannot come from his good Creator. As a result, the whole life of men, both individual and social, shows itself to be a struggle and a dramatic one between light and darkness. Man finds that he is unable of himself to overcome the assaults of evil successfully, so that everyone feels as though bound by chains. Like the statue in King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, we too have feet of clay. We all have sinned. We know our interior weakness. No one is freed from sin by himself or by his own efforts. No one is raised above himself or completely delivered from his own weakness, solitude, or slavery. All have need of Christ, who is the model, master, liberator, savior, and giver of life. Each Christian is like an earthen vessel that contains a priceless treasure. As St. Teresa tells us, this is why we must flee from occasions of sin, for once placed therein, we have no ground to rest on. So many enemies then assail us, and our own weakness is such that we cannot defend ourselves. God, in His infinite wisdom, has deigned that our very frailty may work to our benefit. In the words of St. Francis de Sales, God wants your misery to be the throne of His mercy. He desires that your powerlessness be the seat of His omnipotence. 
God's power can shine forth from our weakness. Our experience of temptations and falls should inspire us to a closer union with Jesus. St. Augustine renders this homage to God. To your grace and to your mercy I ascribe it that you have dissolved my sins as if they were ice. To your grace I ascribe also whatsoever evils I have not done. In addition, these trials can school us in compassion for others. Let us pray to Jesus with great confidence. Again from St. Jose Maria. Lord, may neither our past wretchedness, which has been forgiven us, nor the possibility of future wretchedness cause us any disquiet. May we abandon ourselves into your merciful hands. May we bring before you our desires for sanctity and apostolate, which are hidden like embers under the ashes of an apparent coldness. Lord, I know you are listening to us. Say this to him in the intimacy of your soul. Part 3. God shows his power and mercy through our weakness. Pope John Paul I spoke at one of his general audiences about the virtue of Christian hope and the human condition. Someone will say, what if I am a poor sinner? I reply to him as I replied to an unknown lady who had confessed to me many years ago. She was discouraged because she said she had a stormy life morally. May I ask you, I said, how old are you? Thirty-five. Thirty-five? But you can live for another forty or fifty years and do a great deal of good. So, repentant as you are, instead of thinking of the past, project yourself into the future and renew your life with God's help. On that occasion, I quoted St. Francis de Sales, who speaks of our dear imperfections. I explained, God detests failings because they are failings. On the other hand, however, in a certain sense, He loves failings, since they give to Him an opportunity to show His mercy, and to us an opportunity to remain humble and to understand and to sympathize with our neighbor's failings. If we should ever feel burdened by the knowledge of our weakness, if temptations should threaten to overwhelm us, let us remember what the Lord told St. Paul during his time of trial. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. We will then echo that memorable prayer of the Apostle. I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Even though we have feet of clay, we can rest our confidence on the supernatural means that will make us ultimately victorious. God has remained with us in the tabernacle. He has instituted the sacrament of confession to forgive us our sins and to give us renewed strength for the interior battle. He has put a guardian angel by our side to prepare a safe way. 
We can also depend on fraternal correction, on the good example of others, on the extraordinary assistance of the communion of saints. More important than anything else, however, is the protection we receive from the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God and our Mother. She is the refuge of sinners. She will be our refuge. Today is a good opportunity for us to take her by the hand and never let go. In Conversation with God is based on a seven-book series of the same name. It is produced by Relevant Radio in an exclusive partnership with Scepter Publishers. For more information or to order your own copy of the book, log on to scepterpublishers.org. Scepter is spelled S-C-E-P-T-E-R. That's scepterpublishers.org. This podcast is protected under U.S. copyright laws and is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. To donate, click the Give button on this app right now or visit RelevantRadio.com. Be sure to join us again tomorrow as we continue the conversation.